0: Behind whole plate, we bringing it to him all day. day, You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? From the boys from Section 336 Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore Sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your dearly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the Zane, I'm sorry. The butt <laughs> lover, Josh Soroka. So, sorry, I was an autopilot there for a second.
1: Aut- autopilot. When was the last time you introduced Zaney? Alrighty. <laughs>
0: Uh, i was doing it for years i'm sorry it's uh it's old habits break hard
1: is the cold getting to you is it is it cold up there is that the problem
0: um no you know what this has been a really it's it's cold right it's in the 30s but you know i haven't seen i've seen a a couple flurries happen this weekend like five flurries fell down that's all the snow i've seen all winter so it's been actually a pretty lame winter to be honest we
1: got a little cold snap down here in florida it was yeah. 40 degrees today, and then in the 50s, once the sun came out, and uh, you know what the warnings going around Florida are?
0: It, well, you, you guys are all over the news.
1: Yeah, because of the iguanas.
0: The iguanas falling yeah. off trees. Yeah, <laughs> the iguanas.
1: Yeah. I, I've been looking for iguanas all day. Yeah, I thought told, they were
0: everywhere in Florida. Just fall. I thought you couldn't walk without one hitting That's your head. what I
1: thought. I was like, oh, well, this has to be like locusts or something. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently iguanas are further south than, than St. Augustine. Mm. But I went to a job site today, and I was just wearing jeans and a short, and a polo shirt because it's only in its 50s. It's nice. Yeah. And the guy came out, and he goes, aren't you freezing? I've got on a hoodie, a big winter jacket, my gloves, and my hat. I'm like, it's not snowing. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, just give it a couple years, Josh, and I that's going to be you. So that's going to that's be is, you.
1: Right. This first cold cold I'm enjoying because it's not very cold. But I know I will adjust to the Florida temperature. Yeah. Be my walk.
0: These guys, my son's running around outside in thirty degree weather with no pants on. So that's happening over at my house. So no, at some point he'll wear pants. Daddy. Yeah, that's right. No, I I wear pants when I run around outside. It's a little chilly for it. Gets a little chilly for me out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's cold, but uh, hey, but it's all right because it. The Orioles, or not the Orioles. The Ravens are down here for the uh, Pro Bowl, so it's kind of it's football weather in orlando
0: yeah ain't nobody care about the pro bowl and frankly right (laughs) now ain't nobody care about the ravens just bring on spring training am i right oh yeah
1: and we got plenty of baseball that we're going to get to you know what yeah let's do this right from the top i keep forgetting to remind people to go onto itunes and write reviews for the podcast okay and you know normally this is where i would share with you the latest review for section 336 yeah But instead, I want to share a review about Film Study that came in as a great example of a good review.
0: Okay, because not only are you on this podcast, but people can also check you out on Film Study. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, people. you think people love me on 336. People really love me over on Film Study. I'm sure. As I uh, basically produce the show and talk a little bit. All right. Right. Uh, Phenomenal insight, X's and O's. From Unitas, we stand five stars. Nice. Perfect. That's all you got to do. That's an easy iTunes review.
0: Yeah, we appreciate any reviews here for Section 336. Right.
1: Then he goes okay. on because Uh-oh. He, wants to, he wants to write. Yeah. And we encourage people to write. I've, we we, got, have, we right. want to know.
0: It's feedback. Right. We, we Th- love feedback. A few
1: years ago, we had the, uh, the one we're still trying to figure out about the slippery Sorocas.
0: Yeah, the slippery, yeah, snake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still trying to figure that one it. out. But a five yeah. stars. So if you're it's out there, review. come out and explain yourself. But you give five stars, so we're, we're good with slippery snake.
1: Right, right. Um, all right. So he goes on. Ken is, is an absolute incredible breakdown of film. True. The other guy, Josh, is another story. Uh oh. What a disaster! This guy can't speak the language and shouldn't be on this podcast. He literally adds zero value. From what I can tell, he's simply the facilitator, also known as a producer. Asks the mailbag questions from fans for Ken to answer. He also does the editing. He is incapable of answering any questions because he has zero football knowledge. He can't complete a coherent sentence. The guy should not be allowed to speak. I would be livid if I was an advertiser and that guy was speaking for my product. He can't pronounce anything with an ING at the end. It comes out as working, fishing, or drinking. Really is an embarrassment for a grown man who speaks in that manner to be on this podcast. It devalues all the great work Ken does. Ken, you are an ace, so do yourself a favor and drop this illiterate clown and bring in someone who is more complimentary of your considerable skills and talents. Five stars.
0: Thanks so, for the five stars. Yeah,
1: five stars. I'll take it. He can trash me all he wants. Yeah. He also doesn't understand that in Baltimore, no one can pronounce anything with an I-N-G. It's always more and Yeah, fishing,
0: yeah I, have a, I have a lot of comments on that review. Josh, you're being nicer than I would be. First of all, the fact that you offer no value. Hey, knucklehead, you wouldn't even be hearing the podcast well, if it wasn't for Josh. Let's start with that.
1: Well, he does I, contradict himself. He says he offers no value. He's just the facilitator. That's value, also known as a producer, and a lot of people get paid for that. And he also edits the podcast, also something I do that adds value.
0: Yeah. Outside of that, though, I think the rest of the comments are pretty on point. Oh, yeah. I got no problem. The the ING thing is true. I remember I was um, when I taught in Tanzania, we had this thing because I was teaching English in Tanzania. And we had this thing where we would have a weekly quiz where I, I was teaching Tanzanians who were just learning English. And I would say a sentence. And they would have to write down the sentence in their notebooks to see if they could listen, you know, test their listening skills yeah. and their writing skills. And in my just in my class, I noticed students kept on leaving off the G on the I and G words. Right. And I found out and this is my like my realization at, at 23 years old that I just never pronounced my I and G words either. I always had walk and talk and I never pronounced the ing. And so, yeah, I'm guilty of that same thing with the I, I and G stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, the realization was when I went to college and freshman year, going to college in Georgia and taking a class on uh, on, uh, basically being an English teacher. So, I, okay. I, so in the middle of, like, nowhere in the mountains of Georgia, I had to go and, like, help with an English class once a week and realize that when I had to stand in front of the class and speak – they couldn't understand me and I couldn't understand them because both accents were so messed up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And that review actually sounds like, um, what a lot of my high schoolers say, um, about, about me as well. So I can feel that. Um, but I think also, Josh, I think you're, you're setting yourself up with doing that film study podcast because, and I was reading some of the other reviews on film study podcasts. And by the way, they have more reviews than us, which makes (laughs) Yes, there are. Feel a little bit annoyed. Yes. but whatever, I'll, I'll let it go. Um, but like, like one of the reviews, one of the recent reviews was about like, glad you guys aren't like the sports junkies. You guys just break down the film, and that was <laughs> right. Ironic because our podcast has been compared by a couple people to something like the sports junkies, the style that we do it. Which so is what we want. That's yes, and that's kind of what we've been going yeah. for. And but so I think just the audience. Like even me, like I'm a I'm a big Ravens fan and I love the Orioles. I don't listen to film study because I really don't care about the left guard stance on a third and fifteen. Like that's just, right. and I think if someone's t- is is tuning in to the film study podcast, it's a particular kind of person who's doesn't want who just wants someone to be there and kind of nerd out. And so I don't know. I think I think it's they they just I mean clearly they 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 tune in for Ken. And yeah. I don't know. I think it's just a different kind of person who listens to that podcast. We've talked I before. Bet, I bet there's little crossover between his podcast and our podcast.
1: I think there's very little. Yeah. Uh, we've talked before about the fact that like baseball fans versus football fans, football fans are, are, are different. Yeah. They're, they're different. And, 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 and that definitely comes across from the different people who listen to that podcast versus listen to this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, think, that, I think
0: that's fair. Um, And we associate ourselves, certainly, even though we talk about Ravens some here, we definitely associate ourselves more with the baseball fans than we do with the football fans.
1: Right. So all that to say, go on over to iTunes and leave us a review, five stars, and help us get more reviews than film study.
0: And you can even criticize us. Like, we're like, um, I don't care. Yeah, I I care, actually, and I'll flip out here on the podcast, but I'll have a good time doing it. So
1: I read that review and maybe he hurt my feelings for five seconds. And then I was like, this guy's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, he was like, if you really want to be critical, though, he went about the wrong way. Like he went over the top. Like at some point he said he's you're illiterate, um, which means you can't read or write, which that's not true. It's just a little bit over the top with the hyperbole. Right. Sure, Chill out the sure. hyperbole, dude, if you want I to be real
1: critical. I just appreciate that he took all the time to write all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, Those are times when you, you want to take callers and say, all right, call in, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Put your name on it, not just us We
0: Stand or whatever your username was. Yeah. So. Do your own podcast, buddy. Yeah. But but I get it, too. Like, I went after that, too. I was, like, curious about reviews because I never really read reviews before. And my favorite show to listen to, my favorite podcast is a Tony Kornheiser show, um, La Cheeserie. And I went there and read their reviews because this is – you know, it's Tony Kornheiser from yeah. PTI. Everybody, everybody loves them. And remember, got a bunch of it's of, the internet. The
1: so it's hard to get people to go on the internet to say nice things.
0: Yeah. But even, like, there were people – bashing his podcast because he has Chuck Todd on there. And he's like, you guys are too liberal with Chuck Todd. When (laughs) Chuck Todd only goes on there to pick football games, he never even talks politics. So it's just like, people are crazy sometimes with these reviews. Uh,
1: Yeah, people. I got, I got done a
0: a rabbit trail with these, with with the reviews, but all our reviews are nice except for that slippery snake one. Right. Yeah. But even again, if you wanted to criticize us for not pronouncing our G's, like it's fair, fair game, fair game. Um, for being clueless about the Orioles? Yeah, that might be fair game. Because, I mean, who can who can even know some of these Orioles? You know, I was looking at if I can transition to talking about the Orioles.
1: Yeah, go for it. We got stuff to talk about. Orioles made some moves this week.
0: Talk about not knowing our Orioles. I was just looking at um, the projected kind of lineup um, and projected starting like, um, position or roster. And there's – let me count them here. In The projected starting lineup. There are one, two, three, four, five out of the nine hitters in our projected lineup are we picked up all off waivers, which means five of our nine hitters were players that other teams didn't want, so they put them on waivers, and we picked them up. That's over half of our, start, our starting lineup is made up of guys that no one else wanted that we picked up, guys like Hans Alberto and Renato Nunez and Rio Ruiz, and um, Pedro Severino. These were all guys that no one else wanted, and we picked up, up them up on waivers, and now they're in our starting lineup. So I think that's a good state of where the Orioles are. And this is why I, I don't... I, there cannot be another team in all of baseball whose projected starting lineup includes over half guys that were picked up off waivers off other teams. So that's that's where the Orioles are right now. This is called hashtag caution, wet floor. That's, we're still in that stage right now.
1: Uh, you're just well, yeah. It's gonna be caution, wet floor for this year at least until the at least until the season starts. Then we can at least have fun with it. I mean, you still got to keep the caution signs up and warn people. Uh, don't get like overly excited. Don't go throw some money on the Orioles to win it all this year. No, yeah,
0: maybe but, for the over, or whatever. I don't know what Vegas has them at. But you know, they, I don't think they've released it yet. But maybe, but the over. Maybe,
1: maybe this year is once once the season starts. Maybe we can say, well, the floor is starting to dry. And you know, how the floor when the floor dries, it's kind of uneven and spotty, and you'll see some dry spots, but still puddles in other spots. You still yeah. got to leave that caution wet floor sign up as it dries, though.
0: Well, here, here's will be a sign to tell. All right, people, here's a one way to tell if we're moving past kind of tank mode into competitive mode when let's say you have one or two people in your starting lineup who are on waivers as opposed to five guys when you only have one guy that you picked up off waivers maybe your Hans or Alberto when he's the only guy you have on waivers in your starting lineup that's a good sign because that means you're bringing in you're you're bringing up your own guys that you drafted that are now ready right when the Ryan Mountcastles and Austin Hayes those guys aren't waiver guys. They're yeah. going to be in your lineup.
1: Well, what about your rule five guys?
0: Yeah, we got a couple of those. But I'm talking – I mean I was talking about position players. We got a couple of pitchers with the rule five guys. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you look at our like lineup, um, even like positional players, the only two <laughs> – there's only like three players who are drafted um, by the by the Orioles. Trey Mancini, um, then there's Chancisco if you think he's going to make the team. And then there's um, Stevie Wilkerson. Um, everybody else – oh, and Austin Hayes, if you project him to be the center fielder. Everybody else was acquired either through waivers or Rule 5, guys like Anthony Santander's Rule 5, um, and then just like trade, random trades like the uh, Dwight Smith Jr. was acquired via, via, via trade. Um, so you just don't – there's not – what I'm saying is there's not very many homegrown players – currently on our roster but that's gonna start to change it's started to change a little bit at the end of last year right when yep. you brought up guys like hunter harvey and, and Austin hayes and i think it'll continue to change this year you're gonna have more and more homegrown guys in your starting lineup and that i think will be a good thing for the orioles
1: right right uh, you're gonna yeah
0: i would assume we're gonna see ryan mountcastle at some point this year yeah i think it could be late can we um i don't know what's on the I uh, forget what, what are we talking about today uh, is did you matter. look at all i don't have access to this I, I don't think but it was released like the top 100 baseball prospectus
1: yeah and we had three guys up there
0: yeah 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 i can see if i can pull it up it doesn't matter but the point i wanted to make is about ryan mackhouse because he's not on there oh i thought he was one of the guys no no no. the, the guys are on there's grace Ad, Rodriguez, adley Hall, and adley rushman okay those are the three. But I don't understand why, why Ryan McAlso isn't on there because prior to last year, right, the beginning of last year, he was ranked by baseball prospectus as the 51st, as 51, 51st okay. best prospect in baseball. The year before that, he was number 65. So he went, he moved up from, in 2018 from 65 to 2019 to 51, now to 2020, and he's off the top 100. Why is he off the top 100? Last year, he played at Norfolk at the age of 22. This is a – oh, my gosh. um, Adam Pohl. Adam Pohl loves to talk about, like, age comparisons. Um, He's 22. Average age of someone at Norfolk is 27. So he's five years younger than the average age. And Ryan Mancastle put up these numbers at Norfolk. 25 home runs, 83 RBIs, batted 312. Like, had a really good offensive year. And yet, he goes off the top 100 when he was 51. So, I I don't know. And I I don't know all the other players. It's just surprising to me.
1: But that's because you're looking at national stats. And you know national stuff always goes against the Orioles for their farm system.
0: Well, maybe. But why last year was he 51? Like, if he was never ranked in the top 100, I would get it. But to go from 51 to off the board when you had a really good year at Norfolk, I think, right? and I get the juice balls and all. But yeah. still, I, 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 it doesn't really make sense. Because to me. there were 300 people drafted in June. Yeah, I know. You just don't – I know. I know. But like in 2018, he had a good year. He was 65. I get it. He, but they, and then he, he went up to 14 spots. Why would he drop completely off the board?
1: Yeah, because they put a bunch of guys that were, are not ranked and they haven't seen enough work yet they put above them.
0: I don't know. I mean, guys like Adley Rushman, right? Like he's one of them. Right. right? Like the,
1: he's way above them. Not yeah. proven though yet.
0: Right. I, it's just really surprising to me. And part of the thing is too, he has no defensive positions. They're talking about now that that Ryan Mountcastle will move to second base. This is another thing I don't as, get. Like, yeah, as long
1: as they're not saying DH, I, 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 I'm, I don't know how guys like I guess he gets uh, gets through all this without a position. I was going yeah, to say what, like Trey Mancini, but saying. Trey, at least his position was blocked.
0: No, the guy I compare it to is Chance Sisko because – and yeah. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. I don't understand how you're like a catcher growing up. You're drafted as a catcher. You're, you've are you been working at, in the minor leagues with the Orioles for like four years to be developed as a catcher, and you still don't know how to catch. You're still a bad defensive catcher. Like right. how can that even be possible? That's what I understand about Ryan Matcastle. Clearly he's a good athlete right he's young athletic he can hit why can't he find a position to field like i don't understand that uh yeah i'll never understand that um like again you're not gonna be elite but like they're saying you can't stick in the outfield i know i know he's got a weaker arm but i mean come on put him in left field right uh second base come on first base find a position and and then that's a
1: base yeah and that's a weird baseball thing like i feel like any like baseball player should be able to be serviceable at any other position,
0: because they're elite athletes to get to this point, right? right? And like the, these
1: aren't average Joes. And there's no way that like all through little league and high school and college, all they played was uh, right field.
0: Yeah, it's Ryan like, also grew up as a shortstop, exactly. Like it was drafted as a shortstop,
1: right? So that's what I don't understand. Is I, I feel like every baseball player should be able to be like Ryan Flaherty. You put him wherever you want to put him, and he'll at least be serviceable.
0: Yeah, I don't understand this. You can't find a position for Ryan Castell. But you know what we need in baseball? We need a position where you can just play offense, but you don't have to play defense. Well,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. The DH. You want to move the DH, the DH. to double sides? Yeah.
0: See, yeah. Was... no, 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 no. No, I, 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 think, I think what I'm saying is Ryan Castell should be the DH, and who cares about? Like uh, this is why it annoyed me. At the end of last year when they – I forget who the – whatever the shortstop was for Tampa Bay, they put that prospect above Vlad Guerrero Jr. And everybody knew Vlad Guerrero Jr. is like the best prospect – hitting prospect right, no, of like the generation. No, yeah, yeah, and yet because he was not elite defensively like this other guy was, he was ranked lower.
1: Man, Ryan McHasley McTus- Ryan McTus- can
0: hit. So
1: you're saying people don't appreciate the DH.
0: They they devalue people who aren't elite in the field. Well,
1: in Baltimore, we saw it kind of transition to a – not a position, but it transitioned to a, a rest day. Like, you'll just like not have a set person. Like, the Red Sox, for years and years and years, David Ortiz's posi- position was DH. Yeah. He didn't play first base. He didn't have anything. His position was
0: DH. Uh, and we've had – deals with a Hall of Famer Harold Baines was our, our DH. DH like we, right. We've had DH before. But,
1: yeah. but we kind of transitioned in Baltimore to let DH be in like a, a a rest spot or a way to juggle your having too many first basemans and giving guys off days. Um, but don't we, with All-Star voting, do you vote for a DH? Is DH yeah. a classified position?
0: So. Yeah, because there's a DH and uh, I so, a... I guess so. It's
1: got to be. It's the only way David Ortiz would get on the All-Star game. Yeah. So yeah, it's got to be. So I mean, it's a it's a real position. It's why why not grow someone from the ground up to be your DH?
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, it sounds like Ryan Mancastle, if he can't find a position, and that seems to be the case, then he seems to be destined for DH. Um, The problem is, I think the Orioles want to put. I think they want the flexibility, right, of putting. Chris Davis there sometimes, Trey Mancini there sometimes, resting players from the field there sometimes. And so it limits your flexibility. And it does seem now that teams really prioritize flexibility. But to me, it right. seems like Ryan Madcastle is the most flexible of them all because they've tried him out at every single position on the diamond. So, shoot, <laughs> throw, he can throw out, just throw him out there anywhere. But that's what um, um, Paul – oh, is it Val – LA.
1: Paul, yeah, yeah, Paul Val from Utah Street Report. He does yeah, the all, payoff pitch.
0: Yeah, he also now does um, Stand the Fan show intern for Stand the Fan. Yeah, yeah, which is good for him. Congrats, Paul! But he tweeted out like tweet. Uh, I think it's tweet a step above what,
1: intern, but yeah,
0: okay, it's intern. Uh, t- <laughs> tweet me what you're excited about for the Orioles this year, which I thought was a great tweet. And so I tweeted about how I'm excited now. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm excited to see how you know Rodriguez and Hall and um, and even Mountcastle if it goes to 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 the majors. Yep. Um, and Adley Rushman, how they take the next step of the minors, right? They were really successful last year. Do they you know make the step and are they successful in a higher um, right. level league? Um, but then I saw your boy Josh Drew Forrester. Oh well, <laughs> you, you know Drew,
1: you can't take anything he says serious. What's he looking for? Discounted yeah. tickets?
0: No, he just said he just said no. Nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he just said, like, no, 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 like, no, no to all of it. And I think that's crazy. Like, when, when I think about this team, and, and I, man, I, there's so many stories I feel like uh, to be excited about. Like, can Anthony Santander and John Means, can those kind of guys build off the year they had last year? How, can Austin Hayes stay healthy and be an everyday ma- ma- major leaguer? Right. Um, I'm hoping they- to see Hunter Harvey be an everyday bullpen arm to see if he can be an elite kind of back-end bullpen guy like I think he can be. Will Tanner Scott finally develop into the bullpen guy we think he is? I mean, there's just – I could go on and on and on about like kind of the cool storylines that I think are out there for the Orioles. And so this idea that there's nothing interesting about the Orioles this year is, I think, nonsense.
1: Have you ever seen this show? Um, uh, gold, gold digger, gold. Some not gold digger, gold, gold, gold rush. Maybe Where gold they're, and I. They're, no, no. Nah, like they're in Alaska and they're searching for gold, and like okay, they'll, yeah. they'll spend like weeks and weeks just digging like the dirt, like digging off this top layer of dirt and getting rid of the, all the crap and the useless dirt to get down to the the gold rich dirt which they run through their machines and pull all the gold out. And I feel like we've had years of crap and what makes exciting for the Orioles is we now hit that uh we hit that uh, bedrock with the gold in it. And we gotta find the gold, but we're at that bottom part where now's the time where we start going up. Now's where you can look for the little specks of hope and everything because we've been through all the crap. Now we're on our way up.
0: Josh is all about the analogies today. I love it. Is that do do they yeah. ever like hit the bedrock and find nothing and realize yeah, they no gold They cover? do it all the
1: time. They do it that's all the, the time. That's, that's
0: the worst fear. Yeah, that's exactly.
1: And that's the Michael Eyes test. Is is he a good gold digger?
0: Yeah, is he a good gold digger? Because I tell you what, um, Dylan Bundy was supposed to be gold. Um, Kevin Gossman was supposed to be gold. Right. We could go on. And there's some that, guys. Who are supposed Hunter Harvey is supposed to be a gold starter.
1: And that's what happens on this show. Is they they put their little machine down and they say this is. There's gold in this area, and they dig, and sometimes there's gold, sometimes there isn't. So we yeah. got to find out what Michael Ice can do with these guys. But we're at the we're at the uh, time for it to start happening, or it's not going to happen. If we hit the bottom, um, so it's exciting, and you're right. There's lots of storylines. Is one of the storylines that you're excited about being Adley Rushman getting his spring invite? Now that he officially got it,
0: mm, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's a little bit weird because. The Orioles beat writers reported during winter meetings right, that that, he that would get it. That he yeah. would
1: get it. Now he officially got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, do you think he got it
1: as – all right. There's multiple ways to look at this. First is clearly he's not going to be on the major league roster this year. The invite is not to see if he can make it in the big leagues, right?
0: No. Zero chance he makes all right. the roster this year. All right. At any point, he's not certainly not open day, but at any point this year, he's not going to make the Orioles' twenty, 20 six man rounds. 100% agree.
1: Is it a publicity thing to bring him up to the big leagues so people will come to spring training to see him that first week or whatever?
0: mm, mm, mm. You, I would say maybe, except you're talking about a guy who canceled FanFest. So I'm not sure if he's super into the publicity stunts. Um, uh, but he did just announce Birdland Caravan. We'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, No, I I don't think this is about attracting fans. All right.
1: all right. Is this, we've had friends in the show before that weren't qualified to make it up, who still spent time in Sarasota at Major League Camp because his position is catcher. Yes. Is Adley Rushman there because you need as many catchers as you can get at spring training because of all the pitchers?
0: Right now, we have three catchers on our forty man roster, right Severino, Cisco and Austin wins. there there needs to be more than three catchers there. So I think, yes, I, I don't know the history of spring training invites for catchers. Um, so now, yes, I'm sure that's like if you played a different position, he yeah right. yeah I think it has to do something to do with that. Now Alex, I don't know if it's all that but it's something to do with that.
1: Alex would be there to catch but he never he didn't never received actual spring training invites. Right. They would just he drag would just him, him over to out. catch.
0: Right. Yeah, they would just bring him up. All right. But so I don't know I I, I don't what's the significance of a spring training invite?
1: Right. It means, do they want him around big league players? Yeah. More people they, his own age?
0: Yeah. I think it's like I don't know. I think this is like I think it's it's sending a message to Adley, and it's sending a message to Oriole fans that like you need like we need to start viewing this guy as a major leaguer, and Adley, you need to start viewing yourself as a major leaguer. Like this is not some high school guy they drafted. Right, this guy is really close to major league ready, and so I think they're trying to treat him um like not baby him but treat him like hey listen these are your peers you're a major leader a a major leaguer and it's for us to see hey this is your number one prospect because normally you get drafted a number one prospect like see you in five years right but that's not going to be the case with Adley rushman and so i think they're trying to to like i don't know like josh is this a face of the franchise and if he's your face of the franchise then shouldn't he be invited to spring training? You, deal? Like,
1: like, his face is going to be on all the banners?
0: Well, yeah, you know, we talked about how, like, Trey Have Mancini a... is the face of the franchise yeah. until he's traded, right? Or if he's traded, right? or Or, like, but we feel like the face of the franchise, once Adam Jones left, is, like, not even on the team right now. But maybe, like, we speculate that Adley Rushman now is that guy. Though it is, like, a lot to put on a guy who's never played above single A. Right, right. And we've
1: seen guys we've seen top draft picks not work out in the past. Um, so yeah, Adley Rushman is not the face. He's the hope of the franchise. He's not the face of the franchise, but so right? we always talk about spring training? Like every player who goes to spring training is like, it's their chance to prove themselves, their chance to like play well enough that, that it's impossible for me to get cut. It doesn't matter what Adley does. Right. He could be hitting a home run every at bat. He's still not coming to the majors, right?
0: Yeah, he could literally hit a home run every at bat, and everybody would, would clamor for him to go to the majors. And he could be like pitch framing, so that like pitchers are throwing the ball three feet outside, and Umster Kong it strikes because he's so good at pitch framing. And and Mike Elias will come up with some phone excuse on how he needs to work on his beat work or he needs to work on his his hand movement or something. He'll come up with some phone excuse. On why he needs to send him to Bowie, um, or to Snick, or to Frederick, rather.
1: I mean, it's kind of what we Probably saw Frederick. with with Toronto with with Vlad Junior, and he had yeah. to the cover off the ball. Fans clamoring for him, and then Blue Jays tried to put it off and put it off and put it off until they really couldn't.
0: But the difference was, like Adley was is, has only been the organization for a few for but not, did, not even a year yet. But he did play college ball. He did play college ball. But, like, everyone knows that the Toronto thing was just to manipulate service time. Yes. I don't think we're there with Adley Rushman yet. Like, if, if he, like, hits the cover off the ball this year and gets promoted somehow all the way to AAA, and then next spring training he's hitting the cover off the ball and we send him down for two months or something and then call him up, like, maybe then we could have, have, have you know, a gripe. But I don't think anyone would criticize Mike Elias for, even though he did play college ball, He's never played above single A professional ball, and so I think it's unrealistic to expect a guy to jump from Frederick, where he just—I'm sorry, not even Frederick, lower single A, Delmarva, to jump from Delmarva all the way up to the majors. It's unrealistic. Right. So, what? What? However, he does spring training, they're gonna say like he needs more seasoning in the minors, and so I would imagine he starts off at Frederick, um, and then works his way up to Bowie. And then maybe next year starts at, at Norfolk, um, but but it's it is interesting and definitely something to watch that he was invited to spring training.
1: I, I think next year's invite is where, if he actually, depending on how he does this season, next year's invite could be one where you could prove yourself onto this team,
0: or at least yeah 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 May, maybe um, it depends how like competitive the Orioles think they'll be next year right, right?
1: yeah of course,
0: um, and like it depends what. Asley Rushman does this year. Cause Michael Elias has been consistent with like you need to prove yourself at each level. And so Asley Rushman's gonna need to prove himself at each level before he's he's advanced.
1: And that's and that's the fun thing about this season is we're going into it knowing it's gonna be a whole lot of losses and ugly games. I can't remember a season like this where we're really focused on individual performances and not yeah. the performance as a team.
0: Yeah, and we saw – and I mentioned it before with the minor league guys, but it's just a great – such a great example. We saw last year D.L. Hall and Grace Rodriguez kind of dominate their league, and now we're going to see if they can handle the next league. And if they can, it means they're just kind of a step closer to being at Camden Yards, and that's right. really – I mean because all this comes down to – we can talk about Adley Rushman, and he's a big part of our future. Um, like if he doesn't work out, it's a huge step back, right? Like he, we need him to be gold. But – we, like, it's, it's about starting pitching right? <laughs> right now. The the guys we're rolling out at, at starting pitching, I mean, the guys rolled out last year. The guys are going to roll out this year. Guys like, you know, Asher Rojkowski, guys like Cole Stewart. Um, people are excited about, like, guys like Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken. I'm, I'm less excited, but, hey, if you're excited about them, I don't want to throw water on you, on your excitement. Like, go ahead and be excited about them. But, like, it's going to come down to if we really want to be competitive – we need to find people who can pitch, right? We need to find starters. And even if Keegan Aiken and, and I'm, I'm picking on Keegan Aiken and, and Dean um, Kramer, cause those are the two quote unquote prospects that are probably coming pitch who are starting pitchers who are probably come pitching the majors this year. Even if they like reach their ceiling, like they're as good as they're better than we ever thought they would be. Their ceiling is like a number four starter or number three starter. They're, they're, they're not going to be a top of the rotation starter, um, that's really where we need either Grace Rodriguez or D.L. Hall or another one of these young starting pitchers who pitched into Marva this past year um, to step up and make that and make that leap because, I mean, it doesn't matter how good your catcher is if you don't have good starting pitching. So, some, yeah. I mean, that's another thing that would be really fun to watch, to see how those starting pitchers – because we said all the – shoot, we dominated last year. You look at ERA and strikeout rates – for the lower minors i mean we crushed everybody so now they're going to be advanced up into into buoy and some guys who are buoy are going to be advanced to norfolk and guys like keegan aiken will be advanced to the majors and so it's going to be interesting not just to see how keegan aiken performs at the majors but to see how zach Lothar, right performs at triple a and michael bauman performs at triple a and yep. um and dean kramer with more time at triple i i i'm just i don't know i'm the the closer we get to it, the more excited I am, and I'm I'm going to a bunch of minor league games this year, um to to see it in person because I think that's more than Camden Yards. The place to be is in Delmarva and at Frederick and at Bowie, and I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah. Do you
1: think? Um, do you think? I mean, we talked before about uh, last week. I think we talked about the Orioles signing this shortstop, Jose and Glace. Um to kind of give defense behind the pitchers to help with confidence. Do you think that's also where this rumor that the Orioles are interested in Tim Beckham for a minor league <laughs> deal? Have you seen no. this, order,
0: this rumor? Yeah. That yeah, they, yeah. I saw, I, I saw the rumor. And, like, uh, it's funny because Jose Iglesias, like, I feel like there cannot be two different players in the world, right? Because – Him and Swaggy T. Yeah, because Jose Iglesias is, like, Mr. Consistency – Great defensively, like you know exactly what you're gonna get. Mark him down for his 1.9 WAR. Like you know exactly what you're gonna get with Jose Iglesias. Yeah. Tim Beckham's like, remember he like, could have a, a month, right? We yeah. saw it. we saw three
1: errors like, in like one inning.
0: Yeah, but then we hit, we saw a month where he hit like 400. Like he can yeah. be the hottest hitter in baseball for a month, but he's not good defensively. He's a streak hitter. So it is like let's clarify. It's on a minor league deal and we have no depth. I mean, if you look at our signings in the offseason, we signed uh, Richard Arreña, I think that's how you pronounce it, for, um, to be a shortstop second base slash second base guy. Right. Um, we, we, we signed – no, I'm not, I'm not going to blank on their names now. Um, Dilson Herrera, we, we signed as a free agent. Angel Mora, we signed as a free agent. All of them are like AAA. Right. Tall guys I didn't hear I
1: never heard of before the Orioles signed them.
0: Yeah, who plays second base and shortstop. Yeah. Because we have no one, like hardly anyone in our system, who plays second base well, that and shortstop. Back level. to
1: the move castle to second base.
0: Right, exactly, because we have holes there. And so that's why that's why Tim Beckham's even on the radar. If Tim Beckham played left field, no one would care. Or the Orioles wouldn't care. right? he um, played right field or center field, we wouldn't care. The fact that he plays – or if he played first base, we wouldn't care. The fact that he can play middle infield, which is where we're weak in the upper minors – is the only reason we're interested.
1: Maybe we can bring Ryan Flaherty out of retirement.
0: Well, he's he's coaching now. Yeah, right? He's coaching out
1: in uh, San Diego.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: So, um, all right. Let's see other things with the Orioles. Is this Birdland caravan? Did you? The Orioles announced this shortly before we recorded this evening. Where basically they're advertising it, and they make it sound like it's this huge event. And until you dig into it, have you taken a chance to dig into this?
0: Oh yeah, because I wanted to know which ones was closest to me. Um, they're not coming
1: on the Eastern Shore.
0: They're, they're not. They're hating on the Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. Um, do I need to remind like, them? Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer Harold Baines is from the Eastern Shore. I don't need to remind him of that. But whatever. But um,
1: let's see. I was trying to pull it up because the the announcement was a tease because it was like it sounded like uh, it was like. 17 players, 9 stops, Here it yeah. is. 12, 12, 12 cities, 12 cities. Yeah. all February 7th through 9th. And yeah. it turns out that it's like three people. at. It's all at different ones. So like February 7th, if you want to go to White Marsh, Green Turtle from 4 to 6, you get Brandon Hyde, Richie Martin, Gunnar Henderson, D.L. Hall, Adley Rushman, Cedric Mullins, Tim Coulson, Freddie Gonzalez. Yeah,
0: that sounds that's like good. a that that's sounds like a good, like crew, a good yeah. lineup. Yeah. Um, sounds, now, now, But for Annapolis, and that's close to me because I went right to Annapolis. Yeah, yeah,
1: So, yeah, that's what I went Annapolis to.
0: Annapolis is a little more disappointing. No knock against Trey, Trey Mancini. He's he's the stud. He's the star. He's the GOAT of the Orioles right now. Um, but he's with Mike Bordick and Ryan McKenna.
1: Yeah. Right? That's and the that's
0: crew. It. Trey Mancini, Mike Bordick, Ryan McKenna. Um, I'm not – I might go, but if like – I don't know. Adley Rushman was there. or
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think Annapolis got the shaft. Because if you could go to Upper Marlboro and get Mike Elias, Trey Mancini, Mike Bordick, Brian Roberts, Hanser Alberto, and Ryan McKinney.
0: Yeah, but Josh, the override, and by the way, Saturday is a very big busy day for Ryan McKinney because he's sitting in the mall. So good for you, Ryan McKinney. He
1: yes, is, he, is, he is the one guy. He, he might be in the Oriole bird costume.
0: Well, yeah, he's the guy that people were surprised that the Orioles protected him before the rule five draft and put him on the 40 man roster. So maybe this is his way of kind of earning his keep, uh, since he's probably not going to play, um, for the, in the majors this year. But Josh, what do you think about this? This is like another one of Michaelis's things instead of fan fest. He had that thing in Baltimore and now he's doing this. And there is like an element of, um, which I appreciate of like more, it seems to be more intimate, more personal than fan fest, kind of hang out with some players. Yeah. It's a little Um, different.
1: I, it's weird because you heard with FanFest, oh, well, the players don't want to come to town. We don't want, it's expensive to fly all the players to town. And here they're bringing them all to town in February, like a week before. And it's also like a week before they head to Florida. So it's a, the
0: timing is weird. Um, but, but it's not the whole team. Like, it's very like select few. So maybe, like, guys who are already in the area or something. I guess Or guys so. like Brian McKenna, who they own. <laughs> right. And they own them all. But.
1: Right, right. McKenna, who will do whatever they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I wonder. It's also interesting because none of these times overlap. So, like, I don't know why they're not, like, taking more to each place. Like, the Friday, the reason you got all those people at White Marsh on Friday night is because that's the only one on Friday.
0: Oh, why not send, like, three guys to three different places?
1: Or, like, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. Like, all right, so Saturday you got Michael. At Saturday in Ellicott City goes 11 to noon. And then Annapolis goes 1 to 2. Right. But there's no players that overlap. If you want to make this something really cool, you rent the big bus and you drive the same people who, who are at 11 to 12 in Ellicott City. You bring them to Annapolis 1 to 2.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Ryan McKenna is the only one who, who kind of overlaps. McKenna um,
1: is. McKenna does the 11 to 12. Then he does the 1 to 2. Then he does the 4 to 6. Uh, Trey Mancini uh, and Mike Bordick go with him from Annapolis to Upper Marlboro. But why does Annapolis not get Michael Elias or Sigma Dell? Right, or or, but, or Manager
0: Hyde. All right. But Josh, like take a step back and like chill out from some of the minor logistical things. The idea of it, right? The idea of more intimate, small gatherings of a group of players as opposed to a thousand people or five thousand people at fanfest, you know, maybe like a hundred people at some of these smaller events. Do ah. you like the idea?
1: I, I like, uh, sure, I like the idea because anything you can do for fans. I think they should have hit up the Eastern Shore. I think they should have gone. You. I think they should have made the events bigger around their minor league parks. So I think like Bowie should have had a big one. Frederick should have had a big one. You know, to get. No, the no, height- but
0: they're, they're, they're not trying to have big ones. Like, they're purposely trying to have small ones. Clearly. Okay. Right? All right? All right. I get I think that. that kind of defeats what they're doing.
1: I get that. I don't know. I'm very interested to see how the turnout is. The downtown Annapolis one, especially because it's only those three guys and it's not at a restaurant or bar. It's just downtown.
0: Yeah, I might go.
1: I, I hope you go and check
0: it okay. out. I'll bring Silas.
1: But it's interesting. Um, I don't know. It seems it seems a little bit like they need to tweak everything. And it's like it seems a little bit like Michael wants to kill any past thing from the Orioles and do his own thing. It may be good, it may be bad, but he just needs to be different than the previous regime. And that's how I, that's how I feel about this is we can't do Fan Fest, so we're going to now do WinterFest and Birdland Caravan.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the coolest things about like social media is harmful in almost every single way possible. But one of the coolest one of the, one of the good things about social media is and I, I don't know if we're going get, get to get into it in the show today, but um, John Means tweeted about the cheating scandal, um, and, and he's upset about the Astros cheating. Yeah, we'll get if, the
1: buzzers at some point
0: maybe. Like every other major league player yeah. in baseball, not on the Astros. Right. But Mar- – and Marlon Humphrey to go to a whole different sport. Sorry, So access. Um, yeah, he now got it verified on Twitter, and he's one of my favorite fo- followers on Twitter. And I feel like I know Marlon Humphrey – like I feel like I know him and his personality because of Twitter. Yeah. Right. One thing that Twitter has done is it made these kind of untouchable people touchable again.
1: Not, right. Yeah. You're touching Marlon Humphrey. I got you.
0: Yes. And I like to touch Mar- Mar- Marlon Humphrey. It makes me feel good to touch Marlon Humphrey. But and I and I think that's what these small gatherings are doing, right? Like they're making um, Austin Hayes like touchable. Yeah. Right. They're, yep. they're making him. Them into human beings, into people who you can connect with. Right, and I, and I think like fanfests, when you're in a line of 500 people and you just get to get an autograph for a second as you walk by, like th- I, there's very little like personal human human connection. And I think Megalias is going for this human connection with these players, right? Yeah, I
1: think you're right. I do think, and I think it's interesting. I do like that they're mixing things up even if they don't really know what they're doing. And I think it seems like they're throwing things together last minute to us because, like, none of this stuff leaks out. They don't talk about, well, we'll be doing this. They just announce it.
0: Well, yeah, and even when they did FanFest, we're like, we're not doing FanFest. Th- there'll be other stuff. Right. Stay tuned for further announcements.
1: Yeah, and then, right? it's, and then it's Winterfest. This is in two weeks.
0: Yeah. and it's, It reminds me of A- 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 Angela from The Office, you know, when she t- calls Dwight to ask if she can move up the party. And she's like, um, "I have an important announcement regarding your checks. Stay tuned for further notice." And she goes and calls Dwight right. to try to get permission from Michael Scott. I feel like that's like repeatedly going on, where you're like, "No fan fest. Everyone, stay tuned for further announcements. We'll be right back." Yeah. And then they come back with some announcement about you know the thing in Baltimore, and then and now this carrot caravan announcement. Right. It makes. Um,
1: it makes me wait. I'm waiting to see, like, what about Sarasota? Where's the announcement for the Sarasota event or whatever to get people down here excited? And that maybe I'll make the trip across the state for.
0: Well, that's, that was the Adley Rushman.
1: That was the Adley Rushman announcement? All right. Back to Adley Rushman. Uh, I was looking... And the Orioles spring training opening game is, like, February 15th or 16th or something. Middle, middle of February. Maybe it's the 20th. Love it. That's less than a month
0: away. Let's, let's go. Yeah.
1: And That's their first home. It's, like, a Sunday game in Sarasota. First spring training yeah. game. Should I drive to Sarasota? Will Adley Rushman be playing that game? Oh, uh, Like, you know, will he actually be put out in front of fans? That's all yeah, I yeah. want to know.
0: Yeah, I mean, he'll be – I'm sure he'll be, like, on the B squad, right? Um and so I think, especially early on, I'll probably play more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's not going to be. Because at some point they like start sending people back, right? Just because yes. you get the spring training invite doesn't mean you're there for the entire no, it's spring like, training.
1: It's like two weeks.
0: Yeah. And so if you want to see him, you better go early in spring training. Like I don't think he's going to be yeah, there at the end. That's what I'm of... thinking. Yeah. So.
1: all right. So yeah. So we're both kind of positive about this stuff Michael Eyes is doing. You liked Winterfest, and it's kind of you're interested to check this thing out.
0: Yeah, and again, the reason I like Winterfest is the same reason I think I'm going to like this. The reason I like Winterfest is because it was raining and no one came. And that's and I and I hate overcrowd. I hate, like, tons of people. I hate long lines. I don't want giveaways. I just want to go there and, like, be around Orioles stuff and see Orioles peeps. And so I think this is an opportunity to be in a small crowd, see Orioles players, interact with them on a personal level, and then get out without having to wait in a two-hour line for a free bobblehead that I don't really want. So, I mean, I think this is like everything I want about an off-season Oriole thing, and I like that there's multiple things, right? Because I don't know the off-season is really long for baseball, It is. and so this gives you stuff to kind of keep engaged with the Winterfest and now this. And I hope next off-season there, there's even more of these things. All right, I'm all
1: cool with that. Um, any other Oriole stuff, or you want to talk a little uh, Hall of Fame? You, uh, uh, what side are you with, Derek Cheater? Are you annoyed that Derek Jeter's like going to the Hall of Fame? Or are you annoyed that he didn't get a hundred percent?
0: I see I I'm, I'm conflicted. So tell me where you are, Josh. Because at the beginning at the beginning of the day, I was like um I was like celebrating that he didn't get a hundred percent. And now at the end of the day, I'm like, why is everyone right. hating on Derek Jeter? And I feel like I'm yes. I want to go out there and defend Derek Jeter, which I feel like insane for one to defend a Yankee. But anyway, Josh, go ahead and share share your thoughts. All first.
1: right, I'm very similar. Where, yeah, on the insane part, like, people are posting that he was just an average shortstop. Yeah, yeah, which is and dumb. And it's, it's the ridiculous thing I ever saw. Like, Dump. like he is the most, he is obviously a Hall of Famer.
0: He's iconic. And, he's a five-time World Series champ. Uh, he's, and, he's, right. And here's and where, he, so here's yeah. where I'm
1: at with Hall of Fame
0: voting. Over 3,000 hits. Like, so Get out of here. Is I'm tired of
1: reporters that no one's ever heard of wanting to make it all about them. By one guy not voting for Derek Jeter because he knows better than the other 700 people who are voting. And he needs to make it all about him. Well, you know what I want the Hall to do? Either you're in or you're out. Green or red. Forget percentages. Who cares if it's, who cares, oh, well, he doesn't, he shouldn't go in on his first try. Or I don't want him to get 100%. Only Mariana deserves 100%. I don't care. How about just you're in or you're out? Let's get rid of the percentages. Let's stop that part
0: of the game. And yeah, because, because, because they say they can't give 100% because Ted Williams never got 100% or yeah, something, it's ridiculous. right? Like who cares? Like you're, you're, <laughs> in talking or you're about out. here. Yeah, I'm with you on this, Josh. They I think the whole conversation about percentages, I just scroll past or roll my eyes because like no one's going to be looking at the Derek Cheater plaque and say, "Oh man, he only got right. 98%." Right, they don't like, put the percent on the plaque. Yeah, so why are they talking telling about us here. this? Yeah. So I, I, I'm with you. I think it's silly.
1: Right. So like, okay, he got more than uh Griffey got. Okay, I that's because he won so many rings with the Yankees. I get it. He's an icon.
0: Yeah.
1: He's uh he's whatever, respect. Respect shooter. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um he's, he's one of these these guys that are like larger than, than the sport, right? He he's, transcends he is, uh baseball, yeah. He is larger than the New York Yankees. He is. And so he clearly deserves to be in the Hall and so like people out there saying like if he played for any other team he'd be in he won't even be considered for the Hall of Fame, he'd just be an average shortstop. Um A no, because he had three thousand hits. But but B, like it's partly true, but like part of what made him great is he played for the Yankees. And- he, In one 5 year series. Like that's part yeah. of what makes – that's part of his greatness. And that's why I don't like – and I hate to defend Derek Jeter because I love all the hate for Derek Jeter. Like I enjoy people hating on great Yankees. And he was like a below average defensive shortstop for the record he was. right, But with all that said – He was the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Like he is um, – he he's kind of uh, a, a, a big deal. Yeah. 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 So uh, I don't know. I'm kind all right. of but conflicted yeah. about the whole thing. He won
1: five with the Yankees. If he stayed where in Texas, guess what? Texas would have won more games with him on the team. So it's not like he was just, it's not Ryan Flaherty happened to be on the Yankees and won five rings.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, he benefited from being on great teams. Yes. But like, I don't know. I think sometimes, and this is where. So is Mariano
1: Rivera and he got 100%.
0: Yes. Um, because all the nerds come out there and just like break down just like stats, and they never incorporate in the stats like playoff appearances and performance in playoffs and World Series appearances and rings. And to me, in sports, those things really matter. Like it mat. Like Joe Flacco's career is different because he won a Super Bowl. Like I view yes. his career differently than if he didn't. Like championships matter because that's the whole sport. Right. You That's don't why hear when, people
1: saying, oh, well, uh, Ed Reed only got into the Hall of Fame because he was playing on the Ravens. You should have seen him play. If he would have played on the Dolphins, he wouldn't have been the same guy. He was there on that Ravens defense. Yeah. You, it, the player makes the team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think playoff appearances and it helps be on good teams, but but they do matter. And you're right. The player helps you to get there. The player helps you get in the playoffs player helps you get in the championship and if you're like dan marino when, when you when you never get there because your teams always sucked, <laughs> right then that kind of does suck for you but it should be part of the conversation that you never got there um it's why again we're going all over sports here but tracer mcgrady is in the basketball Hall of Fame, which I think is dumb because he's like never even made it past the first round of the playoffs. And in basketball, especially, because you only have five guys, I think it's kind of dumb. Oh, he's and, 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 but like those things, championships and playoff performances matter. He was a World Series MVP. Derek Jeter was, and right. that stuff
1: matters. It definitely does. It's that was the negative for years and years about Peyton
0: Manning. Yeah, it's what people, it's what people are concerned about with Lamar. Yeah, yeah. And here's the and here's the the dumb thing about this whole conversation is, I was prepared. At, if, if we did, have done this podcast at seven a.m. right when I or at five thirty a.m. right when I woke up before I checked Twitter, I would be all about just like bashing Derek Cheater and celebrating the fact that he didn't get hundred percent of the vote. But so many people on social media <laughs> bashing Derek Jeter <laughs> all day on my timeline that now I feel the need to kind of defend, defend him a little bit. But, yeah, but, like, it makes me happy that Derek Jeter didn't get 100% of the votes. And, yes, Evan Meek grooved that fastball to him that he hit for home run. Yeah, and so all these things are true. And he's overrated. Yes, Derek Jeter is probably overrated. Um, and so I love all the shade being thrown at, at, at Derek Jeter. But at the same time, he's a Hall of Famer.
1: Right, exactly. In, out, I don't care.
0: Yeah, percentages. I'm I'm with you. Percentages don't matter.
1: Right, and uh, I don't care about Larry Walker. It, this is all. Uh, this is all cheater this year.
0: Yeah, like good for Larry Walker. Yeah, fine.
1: Ryan. Um, is that, do you want you want to get into the cheating, the buzzers, which kind of calmed down this week. I kind of thought we'd hear a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean John Means tweeted today, but most people tweeted last week. I listened to the CC Sabathia podcast. R two C. Oh, he was ticked. He went off saying how they should have been World Series champs. He used a lot of foul language. Like, he went off on the Astros. It's just, I've never seen something like this where all, like, players yeah. for all teams have come out and well, said, I mean, kind of universally, like, the Astros are cheaters. This is wrong. This re- is outrageous. Remove the title. Players yeah, are yeah. calling
1: for the removal of the title.
0: And they're and the players are going at other players. Yeah. and. Apparently, I don't know if Houston wasn't well liked, if the players weren't well liked before, but now, man, the rumor is that they
1: weren't. That's what the inside thing was. um, We got into this last week, but it was kind of fairly early. Like the news was just starting to come out with the banging on the trash cans and stuff. Yeah. So um, I think we covered this last week, but it seemed I think what happened is the storyline kind of started going to this whole angle of, well, everybody does it. The Astros and Red Sox just got caught, but there's always cheating. And I think that pissed off a bunch of baseball players. And I yeah. think that's why we're seeing so many vocal now being like, no, what? I'm sorry, I was on vacation, just came back, getting ready into getting back into baseball mode, and you're saying, what? We're not cheating. Nobody's cheating. If you're cheating, yeah. you shouldn't be playing. Of yeah, course, and the people upsetting them.
0: And the people who have been most vocal, of course, are the pitchers because they're the people who suffer when you bang on trash cans to say what pitch is coming. And so it's, it makes sense that they're the most vocal. But, yeah, yeah, this is clearly – like if you're not right, – people steal signs when a runner's on second base. He might be looking to the couch and trying to steal signs. But what that's Houston and Boston yeah. was doing, yeah, where you're using cameras and stuff and banging drums and using videos, like that's – no other, like maybe another team was doing that, but that's no. not the norm. It's not like the they norm. they were unusual. They were the exception and it's, we'll never know, right. How much of their success was tied. Like CC Sabathia will claim they only won their home games because that's what they were doing. Cause they right. couldn't beat us away. And the only reason they beat us at home, cause that's that uh, that's what they were doing. Cool. Marcus Stroman, right. He came out and said, my stuff was filthy and they were still hitting it. I didn't know what was going on. And now Marcus, Mark Stroman's like, oh, this is what was going on. Yeah. this is why they were able to hit my my my, my filthy stuff. And what's and so, crazy is looking yeah. back
1: at it. Is looking back at it is where you're just crazy. And like when they're looking back at YouTube videos, and it's like, watch, here comes a fastball, and you hear the bang yeah. on the mic or bang on the trash can, and uh, then you're seeing like where they're just catching it, and you see, was it Stroman that was like. Upset and telling the ump something, and like he knew something was up during the game.
0: Yeah, I think but it might have been Stroman. I doing think it yeah. was
1: Stroman that was doing that. And it was like you look back at all that stuff now, and you're like, they had a TV right there in the dugout. They weren't even really hiding it much. They were, yeah, it's just it's crazy, and the fact that it—I don't know. Like, you got some people who are upset at Mike Fiers for bringing this out, but
0: you're one person, and she had to walk back. All yeah. right.
1: All right. But, uh, yeah, it's just – it's ridiculous. It's crazy, and I don't know. Do you think that they should take the title away from the Astros?
0: I don't know. I really don't care that much because, I don't know. Sometimes I think, like, you're remembered more for having the, the title taken take away from right. you. Um, All right. Well, how I, about this? I, I would have liked to see players be punished. It kind of annoys me that no players were punished in this whole thing. Yes. Um, That's annoying. And I'm, curious, I'm curious to see how other teams, like, what happens when they play the Astros. Would – See that? Oh, oh, I,
1: yeah! They're gonna get hit. It's what what's gonna Harvey happen? of inside Astrid pitching. Uh, d- yes. Yeah. Um. All right. But all right. If you were the Orioles, if this was the Orioles, yeah. If the Orioles won a World Series by cheating, would that upset you?
0: Uh, yes. Would it,
1: or would you look back at it and say, you know what? I waited thirty years. We won the World Series. I got to celebrate it. And now, two years later, you're trying to taint it. I don't care. I already got to celebrate that and be a champion.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting question, because the thing Part is... Part
1: of me says, do anything, get me this World Series.
0: No, I, I, I do not approve of cheating. Um, but the only thing that makes it interesting is, like, if you told me now, like, this season, hey, the Warriors could cheat and we could win the World Series. Um, no, no, no. You wouldn't want that. Just no. Like,
1: just like mid-season, if uh, Chris Davis is... Was having an amazing year. His bat broke and cork was in it. You'd be disappointed. Yeah. But what about so, if you find out two, three years later?
0: Right. That's, that's the difference. Because you had two years of pure joy. Yes. Before you realized it's tainted. Right. Um, and so that's the only thing that makes it even like makes me pause and think about it. But even pause and think about it. I I don't know. I, and the punishment is is so that like the punishment is not right. that severe. fear. Right, no. like if it was just about the punishment. I would say yes, take the punishment in exchange for the World Series. I would take that punishment in exchange for World Series. You know, every day of the week, twice on Sunday. But it's the like the integrity of the game and like knowing we cheated to win. I and think, I don't know. I would have a hard time with that.
1: I think the punishment should be the city of Houston loses the team. I think, or like I think you get caught yeah, a second city, time, and the owner the has to the sell the team.
0: Ball. The cities of Houston. Because yeah. of those fans fall. I know. I don't know. I they just think you got
1: to have a huge punishment. And you're right. Players would help a lot.
0: Well, yeah. Punish, I think punishing like, the players. You suspend. You suspended a, a manager for a year. You start suspending players for a year without pay when they only have like you know the lifespan of an athlete is very short. <laughs> you suspend yeah. a, a, a player for a year. Now that's a big deal, right? Because right. the a year to come.
1: Well, yeah. And we're seeing managers uh-huh. like they might not get another shot. These guys,
0: you don't think so?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they will. I don't know. It all depends on uh, on a, how how we view this in a couple of years.
0: Uh, Michael Elias probably has some connection. I mean, has some connection with AJ Hinch. I mean, if if if, if what you think and Brandon High gets fire, no, but what I, about
1: I, what about uh, Carlos Beltran?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think AJ Hinch will will find another job. Um, I think I don't know about Oxcora. And I don't know, but I mean Carlos Beltran, he's young enough that he
1: hasn't had a shot yet to manage. But this looks... it was
0: like, weird. It was weird that he got the job from the Mets. That's the only thing. Like AJ, AJ Hinch, everyone agrees he's a great manager. Right. No one really knows if Carlos Beltran is even a good manager because he's never done before. Right. They haven't
1: even put him in the minors. So think, he might need to work
0: his way up. I think uh, Cora's is
1: done. You think so? I think Cora will never manage in the big leagues again.
0: Well, I tell you what he can do. He can do what A Rod did, and he can probably have a successful career at freaking espn right yeah so yeah. alongside a-rod because they love cheaters there
1: yeah right right and they can just have someone that bangs when there's a commercial break
0: sure sure that's that's legal in television
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you can have all the trash cans you want
0: mm. um all right all right Ray, get out of here. yeah, good show. yeah. good show for nothing there's nothing going on <laughs> right right let's uh
1: let's talk maybe oh uh football did you watch any football this weekend
0: no, I watched a total of maybe five minutes. All
1: right. I couldn't, watch, I couldn't watch any of it. I can't do it. I checked yeah, the I scores on it. Monday. I'm hoping.
0: I can't that... play Madden. I can't watch football. No, I'm I, just. done. I texted you I'm Friday. For, yeah.
1: I texted you Friday asking you to play Madden. You said you couldn't do it. You I know, can't know do what it. I did? I put on Madden and I lasted about a quarter and I was like, this is, I can't do this. Yeah, it's not I, I shut it off.
0: It's, uh, it's not fun. It's, it's not fun. I don't. That I'm loss just waiting for MLB so bad. The show 20 to come out. I'm waiting for MLB the show 20 to come out. Yeah, Let's that, hurry up and have that happen.
1: That, that loss was so bad, I am, am, am tainted. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm hoping do. maybe next week we can talk a little Super Bowl. Hopefully we can at least start to look at that a little bit. Because there there's the interesting story of Terrell Suggs being out there.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's pretty cool. So yeah. Music's playing, you just can't hear it.
0: Okay. Because it, right, well, uh, it
1: goes in at post.
0: Okay. Go ahead and 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 leave, and leave, and leave us a review. Five stars can, and trash us. Yeah. Tra- you can talk about my stutter, how I stutter, um, and don't pronounce my INGs. Go for it. Um, but you can also follow us on Twitter and social media. You can follow Bert at Bert Rohde. You can tweet and ask him why he's not on the show. You know someone's doing that. Oh, good. And let's, first, let's first, com-
1: first comment on the podcast tonight. Was something about oh I see Bert's out there. What a strawberry!
0: Yeah, it's a strawberry move. So, um, and, and from the guy who invented the term coconut. It's,
1: um, it's, the it's, this, it's right. Uh, it's Bert's birthday this weekend too, so definitely oh, trash shoot. him.
0: Yeah, thank you for reminding me about birthdays. I got to text someone today. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: text your sister.
0: Yeah, you, got, you got another well. couple hours. Yeah, I meant to call her and then I just didn't. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at section three three six. Is my Twitter? You can follow Josh on Twitter
1: at Josh Rooker. Hey, my birthday's Sunday too. Just a reminder, Sunday.
0: Okay, okay. Someone <laughs> needs to send me a text to remind me of these. Uh, things. It's
1: it's birthday week for for our the, our yeah. household.
0: Yeah, and when is Bert's?
1: Uh, Saturday,
0: I Bert, not Saturday. a day apart. All right. You guys doing a shared birthday th- th- this year? Yeah, oh, we're no, go- not, yeah, not this year.
1: Yeah, we're going to do a special episode of Section Three Thirty Six. We'll see if Bert shows up. Uh, sounds good. I don't think I've t- I have not talked to Bert since the last podcast that he was on.
0: Uh, I saw him the other
1: day. Well, I'm in Florida, so yeah, I saw him when we did the last podcast, and that was the last conversation Bert and I had. I'll text him on Saturday for his birthday,
0: and that'll be another conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I guess he has to respond for debate conversation, right? Right,
1: right. We'll see if he responds with a little uh, thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches birdland sports for fans by fans find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com hey guys have you checked out
1: 336 daily did you know that sometimes in fact pretty often i've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites that's how easy anchor is to make podcasts With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, They take care of everything distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the app store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.